Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Gird your loins. It's time to go on vacay. Hey guys, welcome back to Vacay. I'm your host, Lisa Hamilton. As per usual, I'm going to be a little desperado at the top here and remind you that wherever you consume your podcasts, you can usually subscribe, leave a little review, uh, let me know what you're thinking about the podcast and if you're not loving it, uh, I welcome you to slide into my DMs and, and maybe give me a little feedback. I'm, I'm here to serve serve you so let me know if there's some trends or things that you guys are interested in learning about or perhaps some guests that you'd like me to to get on in the future but for now I want to talk to you a little bit about today's episode which dare I say is informative dare I say is educational um i actually can't legally promise those things but i found it to be quite insightful Uh, i don't know if many of you know this but for most of my career i have been working in the digital media landscape i was the editor of mtv.com.au for quite some time And today's guest is another journalist. So we have a chat about the digital media landscape and how that has changed over the past few years, in particular with COVID and speaking about travel and travel journalism and how that has really pivoted as a result of this global pandemic. And I also get some really great insights from my guest about the future of travel and sustainability and what we're going to be seeing popping up over the next few years, especially as we uh, see trends moving inwards and, and we're traveling throughout more of Australia while we can't necessarily leave to go overseas on that on that Euro trip we've been saving for. Anyway, enough from me. I hope you guys enjoy today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Vacay. Today I'm speaking to the lifestyle and travel editor at Australia's biggest independent publisher, Urban List. For years, you would have read her highly entertaining work in the likes of Woman's Day, Cosmopolitan, and Fabulous Magazine. She's also an all-blacks tragic, but I will not hold that against her. Please join me in welcoming the journalist with quite literally the most beautiful hands I've ever, ever touched. It's Morgan Reed. I just called them fans. Were you hands. trying to? I was like, do you mean my hands, my hair? <laughs> oh, my hands. You love many things. Yeah, just to sort of set set the tone uh, for the listeners of our relationship. It's one of great love, deep adoration. I think we probably need to be totally upfront and let people know that we've known each other for two decades. Tw- 20 plus years? Yeah, 20 years. Which makes us sound incredibly old. So we met actually when we were zero years old, actually. 
<laughs> yeah, weirdly, just sort of like in utero, really hit it <laughs> off, and we're still young and stunning. No, we met at school. Uh, well, it would have been in year six. Yeah, orientation day. On orientation day. And we have a very cute little story where um, I helped Morgan find her name badge, which was unfortunately made by boy called Jeremy Horney thinking that it was going to be going to a boy named Morgan um, and it was sort of in blood red letters and and poor little Morgan sweet little Morgan had to walk around with quite an aggressive name badge for the whole mm-hmm. day and the rest and is really history you really took me under your wing showed me <laughs> what that private school life was about mm-hmm. um, you showed me what to order at the canteen that's like number one when you join a new school mm-hmm. and we really we haven't let go of each other's little mitts ever since no we haven't and I think you know both starting out a public schooling system <laughs> and then going into the big bad uh, <laughs> private schooling system I could I could sense someone who needed help when I saw you and it yeah. really has been love ever since and we were also lucky enough to study at university together Mm-hmm. Yes, we went to the delightful Bond University mm-hmm. where we experienced, you know, an excellent education, but also some very good pub crawls, which oh are just gosh. as important to the university experience, really. Absolutely. Really character building there. And we, oh my gosh, I just actually speaking to you in this kind of retrospective way about our relationship which is like my favorite thing to do I mean our experiences that we've had that have led us to like you know to our jobs now but when we interned at the Tweed Daily News together oh my god RIP to the Tweed Daily News excellent community newspaper I mean given that you and I were (laughs) single-handedly writing every single article when we were interning there unpaid Mm. it really doesn't surprise me that regrettably it went under yeah that was a really big shiny (laughs) moment for me to ghost write a sports column that was that was meant to be a former male wallabies player very good times very good times yes as i said you're a all blacks tragic Mm -hmm. got that right and putting you on the beat for an Aussie to I mean you didn't ghost right you you really didn't speak to the guy at all you just wrote you just wrote the whole thing yeah look from the voice of what a 19 year old Kiwi rugby fan yeah I, I distinctly remember his words were excellent writing um a little sway to New Zealand if I'm honest (laughs) (laughs) yeah weird that I didn't get us back no but this is this is all part of your creative genius as a journalist um the fact that you can really dip into (laughs) some characters and you can bring what otherwise would have been a very dull column in the pages mm. of Tweed Daily, um, and you brought it to life, which, which leads me to, I guess, my first job question, which is, I'd love for you to tell the listeners all about your current role and what it is that you do exactly at Urban List. 
Yes, so I am the travel and lifestyle editor at Urban List, which is Australia and New Zealand's biggest independent youth publisher. I am fortunate enough to be based on the Gold Coast, but I write for the national site. So I really am living the dream, to be honest. And we've found that since we kind of did a rebrand in 2017. So if, you, if you're familiar with the Urban List, you might know it for your city guide, where you get your kind of best restaurants, things to do. We rebranded in 2017 with a huge focus on travel because we realized that duh, Aussies love to travel and they come to us because they trust our recommendations. So now we're going to tell you exactly where to holiday too, because we can tell you where to get the best cocktail on Saturday night. We can tell you where to stay. So it kind of was a no brainer and they actually made the role for me at Urban List, which was incredibly special. I love, love, love the trust they put in me. And I'm, I'm a bit of a travel bug myself, but honestly, like writing about travel, it's kind of like the best and easiest thing to do in the world. So yeah, that's where I'm at now. We have a lot of people coming to the lifestyle site now. We have like 3 million visitors a month, which is pretty awesome considering we weren't really a player in that space back in the day. So yeah. Yeah, I think that's, so impressive to have that kind of growth as um you know insiders in the media industry we are both very aware of how volatile the industry has become in recent years there was of course the boom from about five years ago where digital uh, really reigned supreme and there was really um, funded by huge commercial dollars, which is, of course, a model that we're very familiar with from a business business perspective. But I think you hit the nail on the head there in that you were, were urban list at large were quite reactive to changing and moving out of that, just doing city guides or where to eat, that sort of stuff. I know that wasn't, you know, everything that you were doing, but then to kind of branch out and take that a little bit further. It's not only a very smart business choice and very, um, you know, enjoyable, I'm sure, for you to take on a role like that, but has ensured that you stay alive in this kind of crazy, crazy local media industry. So yeah. kudos to you guys for doing that. Thanks. Yeah, I think like when it comes to digital, the one of the best parts about it is that you can be really flexible with what you do. You can see instant results and you can kind of instantly see what doesn't work. So you can test the waters. And yeah, at first, I'm sure our audience was a little bit like, wait, what? They're talking about this and now they're, you know, mentioning bands and then travel experiences. And we also do sustainability now as well, which is really important to us. But you've just kind of got to move with the times. We have a really smart, smart audience. They're hungry for knowledge and we want to give that to them. But in a really fun to read, actionable way. We're not telling you what to do. We're just showing you kind of how you can live your best life. And I love, and I don't know if this is one of the brand ethos, but I, what I really love about Urban List is there's nothing antagonizing about it. Sometimes when you go online and you consume, you know, wherever you consume, I found that a lot of brands are trying to one-up and sometimes it can get a little bit snarky, nasty. Mm -hmm. I don't know. There's just yeah. something there. And and I always know that with Urban List, it's going to be 
I'm not going to feel shit. It's yes. aspirational. It's going to feel nice. Is that like something that you guys try and achieve all the time with the work, the content that you're putting out? Absolutely. Absolutely. And like, you know, I know every publication has their own tone and their own vibe, but for us, it's like all inclusive. It's like a really fine line where you put in your slang and you want to put your personality in it. And I want you to feel really comfortable and like you're reading, um, recommendations from someone you trust but at the same time I don't expect you to know I don't know like sometimes I read articles that I actually have to google what some of the words mean because it's like such hardcore slang and I'm just like I'm not there yet I'm not there yet trying to be we're dipping out of the demographic it means we're old no (laughs) no it means we cater to all but we actually when we did have that rebrand we made a real conscious decision to not be mean and that sounds so simple but Mm -hmm. sometimes you can't help it you're writing about a tv show or you're talking about an experience that you had and you kind of try and get a bit creative and funny but funny can sometimes be mean and for me, and I guess all of Urbanless, there's just no place for that in our writing. Yeah. Like, it doesn't serve a purpose. And you really run the risk because writers inherently are individual people. So you're going to have opinions. But I think that is the fine line of, of really understanding the tone of your brand and trying to write with that in the back of your mind whilst also trying to, you know, retain some of your individual voice as a writer which I have struggled with so much it's hard isn't it oh yeah I'll chuck a mate in there all the time you're always gonna get you're gonna know it's my voice when you're reading a story that I've written but hopefully you think that's a nice voice she sounds like a good gal I trust her really lovely gal (laughs) um now I want to talk about being reactive not only to the industry as we just spoke um, and and it's ever-changing ways, but, of course, the big C word, mm-hmm. COVID. Yeah. I think, oh, that one. Yeah, <laughs> which could also be described as the other C Accurate. word. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Conjures up some of those words. Um, I would say back in March, yeah. not knowing what I know about COVID and how the community will react to it and respond i would say somewhere like urban list would be hit the hardest because on face value it would appear that travel guides um city guides getting out and about all the sorts of things that were absolutely cut off from us you were you know no longer able to do and you know upon reflection like there couldn't have been a bigger need for you guys because you totally pivoted and yeah sure it wasn't exactly the travel guides and aspirational this is where you should go but the way that you guys completely and quite quickly shifted um, I thought was really smart so I wanted to ask you a little bit about if you don't mind those conversations that went on behind closed doors and and what you guys sort of came to to go you know, we can we can survive this, but we're going to need to make the changes here and here. Yeah, for sure. I think, first of all, pivot is definitely the word of 2020. <laughs> and it needs to be said in Ross from Friends with the couch. Otherwise, don't say it at all. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was bloody tough. 
you know, I look back at some articles that I wrote back at the start of COVID that was like, we'll be in New Zealand by June. Like, what a laugh. That girl had no idea, clearly. Um, yeah, it was really tough. I think the the reason that Urban List has lasted, and honestly, I think we've come out stronger, is a testament to our CEO, Susanna George. I have literally never worked somewhere where the founder and CEO has been so transparent about the state of the business and what needs to be done. And she's so honest and that trust, you just trust her back. Like, I'm not gonna lie, we've all cried. We've had teary moments. And you know what, the teary moments were probably from we were kind of like celebrating each other. and like, we're in this together, guys. But it was just very much the consensus that if we want to survive this, we're gonna have to put in every single ounce of effort we have. We need to be innovative. We need to be listening to our readers and we can't possibly stick to the editorial calendar that we had planned for that year. And the same with like our sales team, like all of that out the window, doesn't matter how much effort you put into it. Which is weeks of work, if not months of work that goes into this sort of, um, this kind of planning. 100%. And it's awful when you see, you know, we've got so many friends in the journalism world. It's a small, it's a small world. And Mm. we're all really big cheerleaders of each other. And it's actually, was devastating to see how many people were losing their jobs and still are. So we kind of had that in our head, like, you're lucky to have a job, you're lucky to have a job. But at the same time, you're like, I don't want all this hard work to be in vain. We want to make sure we come out the other side. And it was just those really honest conversations. This may be what your job was before, but this is what your job is now. And that's just the way it is until we come out the other side. Could I say come out the side more times? (laughs) (laughs) But visually, I could see you coming out the other side. Like a tiny little hole, hands first, coming out. It was like... I don't, I don't want to be too crude here, but it was, I it was a birthing moment. It oh, was yeah. More good coming out. I pictured down canal. south. Yeah, it was down <laughs> south. It was down <laughs> south. Fully grown too. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, like it was just, it was raw. It was the rawest I've ever been in a business. It was the most honest I've ever been in a business. And yeah, really big credit to our boss. Like I said, I don't know many CEOs that get down in the trenches with you and are like, we're going to workshop this until we get it right. And then when we go, oh, you know what, we didn't get that right. Let's try again. Mm-hmm. And Does that make that's sense? Totally. I think if you have a great team, then these difficult times can really galvanize you and make you all the stronger. Yeah. It's certainly not easy, but yeah it it sounds like you have such an awesome group of people there that you're working with and i experienced something similar back in april when i was at mtv and we decided that we really wanted to continue making video content but how do we do that considering we can't go into the studio we can't physically see each other and talent ops uh off the calendar because no one's promoting anything no one's doing anything and we looked to ig live and like a lot of people did and made a lot of mistakes but in the end had a great team and and really felt like we did something proud that is almost going to be and i don't know if you feel this way is going to be 
a weird time capsule yes. from this pandemic that I'm super proud of that work that that I did in response to it and I'm going to look back and go, wow, that was a really fucked time, but made some great content. <laughs> I have to say your Instagram lives were bloody brilliant. Like I lived for them and that's not just because I'm your friend. They were unreal and they were so much more interesting than, you know, those classic ones that we always had to do where it's like camera on our shoulder. We're in some hotel room. We are literally the hundredth person that that celebrity has seen that day. Mm-hmm. You're asking them the questions that have been answered and you can just... It's tough to bring the magic in those ones. Yeah. I loved how raw and real your IGTV lives were. They were brilliant. And not only that, you had banging guests. But, like, I just think that showed us, and it was actually great for, I think, all journalists to see, that you literally can do it all yourself. You don't actually yeah. have to have those big studios, big productions. It was brilliant. I hope that doesn't change. Same. Like this I right now. Totally. great. Like, you guys listening don't know this, but I can absolutely see her towels and knickers <laughs> drying behind her on an airing horse. <laughs> and honestly, that's the glamorous life that you should all aspire to. But don't you find it funny? I mean, you live on the Gold Coast in our hometown, and mm-hmm. I'm here in Sydney. And when it comes to the end of the year at Christmas time, I come home and it's a big love in, like, you know, yeah. you, me, and all of our best friends get together and it's almost as if I've been in the depths of Russia like (laughs) life just got in the way and you know we weren't communicating like this we weren't not that we weren't communicating but Mm -hmm. this stuff is so doable and you can collaborate so easily and all the tools were there we just didn't have a freaking pandemic to push us you know yeah, the silver lining of COVID for sure in terms of our industry. Like, how amazing. And I also think, like, you know, I used to live in Sydney with you and London as well, and you feel like that's kind of where you have to be to to make this stuff happen. But you can kind of be anywhere in the world because technology is pretty sweet these days, you know? Yeah, well, you, you were doing that before COVID, yeah, everyone's like, how are you handling the work from home life? I'm like, yeah, I've been doing it for two years. I haven't I haven't worn a bra or pants for two years. Like, I'm good. <laughs> you guys can handle it. I remember when we, before I kicked off that IG series and you and I jumped on a live. Yes. And it was so fresh. Everyone, so fresh. And, and I was really, you know, out fish out of water I didn't know what working from home was and you're like hun pull it together you're gonna be okay I've been doing this for quite some time you're gonna be quite okay and I was like okay (laughs) have a drink take your bra off learn the basics and when look at me now (laughs) look at you now when when COVID first like really struck um my boss asked me to write a piece on you know how to cope from working from home and she's like I think it's actually gonna be really helpful to your colleagues too and it really was everyone kind of had a better appreciation I think for what it's like to work from home how important it is to connect even if you can't physically see someone just shoot them a text call them on your lunchtime walk like it makes your day to have that you were the WFH queen (laughs) yeah that's that's me (laughs) you're like that's what I want to be remembered for (laughs) put that on my tombstone please (laughs) 
The girl that works from home gets bed sores from the couch. Like, that is me. <laughs> Literally my greatest fear. Literally my greatest fear is getting bed sores. Like from that movie, that movie What's Eating Gilbert Grape? With the yeah, don't. Is... I, okay. Please. And actually also, um, no, it's gross. I'm not even going to mention it. Move on. <laughs> okay. Obviously, you just mentioned before that being a lifestyle travel journalist is probably one of the best gigs in the game, especially for in the journalism industry. Like, it's it's sure pretty is. great. So I want to ask, pre-COVID, for you to talk through... I want you to tell me what some of your best famils were and if people aren't familiar with what a famil is, basically um, a tourism body most likely um, will send through an opportunity for a journalist to travel overseas to experience the, the state, the country, some particular launch that they have. And I know that you are the famil queen, so I'm just calling you a queen just because I love you. Um <laughs> Yeah, tell me some of the, the great famils that you've been on. Yeah, so RIP to the famils that I was meant to have this year. That mm. would have been heavenly. I was going to Hawaii, um, which I know how fun, right? That would have been great. Would have been. Um, whatever. Oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not bitter. Um, She's so, nervously shuffling around. Okay, I can feel some tension that she yeah, couldn't go to Hawaii. Yeah, she's getting it out. <laughs> um, so last year I got to go to Mexico, which was honestly on the bucket list for quite a long time. I just mm. feel like if you grew up, if you were a kid of the late 80s and you grew up watching Laguna Beach and you saw them go to Cancun on spring break, you wanted mm. to go to Mexico. Now, well, let me Cabo. tell you, my Cabo. Right, so I didn't actually do that, but I did go to Cabo. <laughs> I did go to Cabo. And literally when I landed and I got picked up in this giant Escalade with um, Mr. Morgan Reardon written on it. Happens all the time. Oh, that'll follow um, you around for life, hun. They'll also be on the tombstone. Um, yeah, <laughs> I was like, wow, I am doing Cabo. And it was pretty amazing. It was a solo for Mill, so I got to go on my own, met my cousin over there, which is something that can happen if you do a solo for Mill. And basically, you just get this amazing taster of what an area is like that if you were just going as a tourist, you might not be exposed to. And that's kind of my job to do the thing, do all the things that might be out of my comfort zone, but to figure out the best ones for then me to write about. And then, like, along the way, low-key, you chug, like, a thousand margaritas. I had margaritas for breakfast, for lunch, for dinner, and it was heaven. Also did things like cooking classes. They have a big farm-to-table vibe over there. It was epic. Um, the downside, having to eat dinner on your own in, like, really vibing mm. restaurants and people looking at you like, oh, that's so sad. And no one tell me that they weren't looking at me because I was getting stares from all the couples. Full, full paranoia. The, the, is she sitting there not about to be proposed to? It's weird. Yeah. And I fully <laughs> took a book because I was told by fellow travel journalists that you should always have a book with you because it's less awkward. Mm. And um, it was really dark up there, so I couldn't see. And I remember the waiter coming over to me and going, oh, uh, I want to tell you a bit about the menu, but it's designed to share and you are very much on your own. Oh, my God. Very much on your own. 
and made a big song and dance about clearing away the extra cutlery and everything. And then every time he brought a dish out, he's like, we've, yeah. He's like, we've made it smaller because you are on your own. I'm not sure if it was like a language barrier, but I was like, we get it. He couldn't have said more times that you are super alone. No. Just one. No, but I sound like a brat. It was actually amazing. Um, No, no, no. I think it is... Okay, honestly, Famils are a really great way for journalists to feel a little bit better about not getting paid very much money. (laughs) So, look, I'm just calling a spade a spade. That is what Mm -hmm. happens. These experiences are super, super fun. But I, I know what it's like when you have to go on these trips on your own and... It, it really does test your comfortableness with, with being El Solo, doesn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Probably in a good way. It's probably like a yeah. good thing. It- yeah. I mean, there's many times that I've been on these for meals and I've gone, oh, I would love my dames to be with me. But, you know, it's one of those ones where I'm like, okay, I'll actually just suss out all the best stuff and then we'll come back. It's totally. so funny, though, because you have these experiences and you're like, I would never be able to afford to do this, but I for like a week I get to live it up. So Mexico was great. Uh, Singapore, I okay. am one of those people that always just do the Singapore airport situation on my way to Europe. Changi. But Yeah, great airport, to be honest, though. But last year I got the opportunity to go for the Grand Prix. And look, I'm not a rev head despite loving Fast and Furious. Um. <laughs> That is true. I don't know anyone in this world who loves Fast and Furious more than Morgan Redden. Like, quiz me on it and I'll get you. But um, I certainly no can't. You can't think of a single question. Wow, I'm disappointed. Um, so, um, no, don't. What is, what's the name of the character um, played by Devin Aoki? She doesn't have a name in it. Does she? Oh. <laughs> I mean, for reference, she's in the movie that is in Miami with Ludacris, but she just oh, does the little flags. She's got receipts. I thought she had a full speaking character. She has, says like three lines. She's like his number one side chick. Ludacris' number one side chick, I would say. Well, doesn't know her character name. Well, yet. you better cut that out. That's, that's messed up that <laughs> you just asked me that. <laughs> Oh my god! Anyway. So when you go onto your like Fast and Furious Reddit forums, you'll be shamed. You'll be kicked out. Give me the first letter. Well, I don't know it. I don't know the answer. Oh, I thought you just. I thought you just googled it. <laughs> Damn it. Okay. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Sorry. So I went to Singapore for the Grand Prix, and it is the the city literally transforms into the most. Well, it's a great place anyway, but this magical place with the most amazing vibe because people come from around the world because it's the only Grand Prix that is um, raced at nighttime because it's so hot there. Sure. And I'm literally sitting, standing in this special part of the stands, having a cocktail, watching the race like zoom by. And I'm just like, this is a bucket list experience that people would pay so much money to to do and I'm just getting to like go what does that car do and what does that mean like probably be the most annoying person ever but I got to do that also their food scene there is incredible I'm pretty sure they've got like in the top 10 bars oh the top 10 bars in the world they always have at least half are in Singapore 
I don't um, I don't know Singapore. Like I mean, this is actually very interesting to me because I would Oh, never you sound surprised? Mil- well, I would never in a million years would would put Singapore on my to go no no disrespect to Singapore, but yeah. maybe yeah, I it need was, to reconsider. It was honestly amazing. I went to this uh, bar and it it was like number three in the world and they do like this bottomless boozy brunch so you are having cocktails prepared by the best bartenders in the world and you have bottomless lobster and like like (laughs) yeah so it's very lobster it's it's like it's very opulent there i guess is the best way i could describe it new money yeah new money (laughs) Yeah, definitely watch Crazy Rich Agents before you go. But yeah, it is just incredible. The people are so lovely. You go to the Hawker Centres and you just have the most amazing food. It's one of the few countries in the world where the Hawker Centre store owner can get a Michelin star. So if you're into food, that's the place you go. Is that on Netflix? On the chef's table, is it called? Yeah, something like that. Maybe, yeah. But again, so just just all around incredible and then something a little different which the what some of the cool things about going on these trips are this the places that you wouldn't expect to go so i've you know gone um parasailing over the key west in in florida which was just the coolest thing ever jet skiing in these crystal clear oceans and then having a cocktail this all relates to a big money to see you (laughs) there's a video I'm going to need you to send that through. <laughs> Actually, I might put that on the Instagram if you don't mind. Pop okay, little... cool. Yeah, <laughs> I'll find it. <laughs> God damn you. Well, I've got to stop revealing these things. Um, and then also in um, Nevada, I went. I, part, I took part in the international hot air balloon race. Like just weird stuff oh, like that. <laughs> did you win? No, we landed in someone's backyard. Very much oh. lost. They Very much lost. <laughs> they came out and helped us pack up the balloon. They were so nice about it. <laughs> I, I imagine that might happen quite a bit around in, those parts. It's like in uh, Reno. Love, there's, nah, another yeah. <laughs> there's another one in the backyard. Yeah. Um. So while international females might be off the cards for the foreseeable future, I want to get your intel on what you think will be some travel trends, perhaps more locally. Um, mm-hmm. and, and perhaps thinking about more sustainable travel because I know that is a huge pillar for you guys at Urban yeah. and I think, fuck, you guys are doing such incredible work pushing that message and I am constantly so impressed um, by that because I find that a lot of brands out there locally can be kind of fair, fair weather when it comes to sustainability. So the fact that you guys are really pushing that message consistently yeah, like I said, super impressive. So, what are what are the trends? What's what's coming up? You are such a bloody sweetheart. I just want to squeeze your little cheeks and kiss your face. <laughs> um, yeah. So, trends. I guess for us, sustainability first and foremost isn't just about the environment; it's about people as well. I think that's something that perhaps a lot of brands miss out on. Um, so, we did. We've done a lot of like polls and surveys during um, lockdown and we found from our readers that 58% of the people that we surveyed were like absolutely pumped to travel Australia more than they were overseas which was really heartwarming 
But on the flip side, people don't want to spend as much money because they think it's expensive to travel in Australia. And also they said the number one thing they look for when they travel is culture, which they think they can only get overseas, which is just Interesting. flat out not true. It's just what you're used to, what you're programmed to. And it's like, you wouldn't go to Italy, right? And not eat pizza and pasta. You wouldn't, I don't know, somewhere else where that's known for their culture. I can't think right now, but yet in Australia. Singapore noodles in Singapore. Exactly. But in, yet in Australia, you could ask maybe a group of 10 people, how many First Nations experiences have you been on? And they would probably say zero. You could ask them what the name of the country that they stand on right now is. They might not know. And that's no shade to them. It's just something that hasn't been written about and talked about in mainstream media. Obviously, there's lots of people out there that have been flying the flag for a very long time. And we're really committed and we're seeing that trend where people, they're hungry for that. And it's so exciting to see. So in terms of trends, I would say people wanting to explore Australia and have those First Nations experiences, be that a bush tucker experience where you learn about the food on the land and, and how it served our First Nations people and how it's incorporated into meals today. It could be even an art class. Or it could be, you know, learning about the creative, um, the creation time story, sorry, as well. Um, I have found that the number one place people are talking about right now is the NT. People are just mad to go there. I think it's been a bucket people list. People moving there, like, it's, oh, yeah. it's going yes. crazy. I was there on a famil, very fortunately, I think just over a month ago, and it was the most magical experience I have ever had. It was absolutely, without a doubt, my favourite famil I've ever been on. Um, and, and, and was I, that because you were learning about First Nations culture and absolutely Australia? Oh yeah, every everything you touched and looked at just gave me goosebumps. I think I cried at least once a day just because I was so overwhelmed by how how beautiful this country is and how incredible our First Nations people are, how generous they were to share their knowledge considering how poorly they've been treated. Like it was just, it was so special. Touching, you know, rocks that are thousands of years old and just kind of breathing in that air, it sounds really kind of woo-woo, but it was like an out-of-body experience. So... When I went on that trip, the amount of DMs, emails, text calls I got from people being like, I need to know every, I'm still getting messages from people that follow me on Instagram just saying, hey, can you tell me what I should do for this and this and this when it comes to going to NT? So that's 100% Which tells you that people are, are so yeah. hungry, but mm-hmm. maybe the visibility just isn't there, which is, I guess, where, where you come in. Exactly. Like to fly from Brisbane to Yalara, which is... The closest airport to get to Uluru takes three hours. Three hours. So easy. Loads of, you know, tourism. Sorry, I guess like hotels and stuff out there. There's not many in Yulara. There's about four. But they're doing crazy good deals right now because they want people to come out and explore it. So it is affordable. Um, other travel that's really popular, slow travel. So slow travel Ooh, t- is... Tell me about that. I like the sound of that. Like a sloth. Like super mm, slow. Just not moving don't move um so you just don't go anywhere it's like you sit in a hammock and you don't move no <laughs> it relates to your form of uh transport so catch a train it might take you a week to get to that destination we people don't realize this we actually have some 
absolutely banging train rides around Australia. Like no. the most beautiful scenery. Yeah, not like you know how when we go to Europe and you might get the Eurostar. Euro yeah. Yeah, there is amazing ones all over Australia that stop in the middle of the outback. You get to have a meal. You sleep under the stars. They're insane. Wow. Yeah. I had so, no idea. Yep. So slow travel. And another form of slow travel is obviously driving. You self-drive. So obviously we don't really, in terms of the environment, I don't really want you doing that on your own. Pack your car full of your mates and just drive. Drive somewhere. Go with that empty esky. Meet the locals, fill your esky with all of their local produce, support them, hear their stories. We've got to remember that it wasn't just COVID that kind of fucked up, I guess, the tourism for everyone here. We had bushfires before that that really yeah. wiped out people's profits. And, and yeah, so the trend is getting out there, being sustainable, slow travel, and really embracing our culture. We have the most incredible culture out there. So, yeah. So in that was a rant. Of, no, I was I like, went for it, hun. I uh, I asked for the insider, the hot tip, and you gave it to me. You did I'm not disappoint. She's sweating. Oh my gosh, fight up. Okay, so in terms of literature and the best ways to consume all of that information, perhaps in in written form, um, where would you direct listeners to learn more about everything that you've just spoken about? specifically on the website like on my website yeah i mean i don't want to direct them anywhere else <laughs> but is there a um a specific url that people can head to um to learn more about it or would you just encourage them to head to urban list at large and, and have a poke around and see yeah so yeah head to urbanlist.com and on there we have our travel section that's broken into all the different areas all the different countries there's the aussie tab that you can check out we also have a dedicated sustainability vertical so you can have a poke around there and you can find thing you know you can find out the first nations experiences state by state but we've also got tips on there and how to be a more sustainable traveler so just in the simplest form what steps can you take at a very ground level like a basic level to just do your bit for the environment so like the so days, it's not overwhelming it's yeah it's a place to start for everyone honestly like i would never assume knowledge basically in that area i'm still learning as i go i'm absolutely not perfect the other day i went to um gari which is known as fraser island to most people and I forgot my sustainable straws and I was so annoyed at myself. Shame I mean, they had, paper, they had paper straws there, but it's super hard to slurp up a frozen margarita with a paper straw. So, you know, it's remembering those things. I love you so much. The fact that you think about these things and fully go into a shame spiral means yeah. that we don't deserve you. Oh, stop it. I don't deserve you. <laughs> now... You have been rolling out a bunch of IG Live interviews um, as a part of your sustainability vertical. Mm -hmm. When and where can people tune into those live and also watch it after the fact? Yes, thank you. So we're currently kicking off Challenge for Change, which is a month-long initiative that really encourages people to get involved across several areas in their life, which is money, travel, styling, grooming, and food. 
and we just kind of give little tips and tricks along the way and part of that is yeah an ig live challenge for change chats which, which you, you host can... and you're so good at it and i just feel like such a proud mom every time you pop up oh my god stop it i absolutely love when you pop up with a little comment <laughs> on there and it just fills my heart and i almost like lose my concentration because i want to be like love you girl to, i don't mean to throw you off but i just want to like you know some positive no. reinforcement Please never stop doing that. I love it. Um, but basically, if you miss any of those, they're just under our IGTV tab on our global Instagram page, which is just at Urban List. And yeah, you can check them out there. We do lots of cool little initiatives on there and just always come on for a chat. It's very conversational, very nothing's meant to be scary. And we're absolutely not shaming anyone if you don't no. already have those tips, you know? Totally. And I find... Um the guests that you choose as well are very approachable from a from a viewer perspective it's not like super scary and this person's just gonna school me on stuff that i don't know about yes oh intrepid travel too i should mention they were one of our guests the other week and they're also an amazing resource if you're looking for some trips that are both ethical and sustainable and i don't know if people realize this but intrepid travels australian i didn't know that they started right. in Melbourne and they offer a thousand tours in over a hundred countries around the world. <laughs> I think I went to a um, a breakfast with them. Oh, cute! Year. They're so it nice, so lovely. And I was like, I go for the free food, obviously, but then mm-hmm. pleasantly stayed for the chat. When I <laughs> actually learned some things. Um, yeah. Now I don't mean to blow up your spot, but where can people find you? Is that something that we want to? direct or do you want to yeah guys look i'm single so i'm just kidding (laughs) no this is such a great platform use it like what are you into yeah guys i like all if you look like an all black player hit me up um no (laughs) i'm just are an all blacks player like just yeah that would be preferable no i'm at uh at morgan reardon just all one word R-E-A-R-D-O-N. I'm sick of speaking to these people and they've got their full name handles. Like, I honestly literally don't know how I had the foresight to do that. I'm, I'm shocked myself. I was an early adopter of Instagram and I think I could have, I, I had the choice, but I went Lisa K. Ham for some weird reason. I think I thought that Instagram was just going to be a fad. And I'm like, I don't want to be totally like yes. on here. Oh, it's like when anyone asks for a username, you're like, I'm absolutely not giving you my full name. But I guess I did with Instagram. And apologies apologies in advance. Right now, all I'm posting is travel shots from my, my recent holidays. So, Well, that's a great thing because this podcast is all about travel. So... It's it's a it's a good follow. I'm not gonna lie. You do get a bit jealous from time to time because she puts up some incredible pictures, um, but is also just so so knowledgeable about travel and as I said, sustainability and is such a forward thinker in that area. So definitely hit her up, um, mm. Morgie. Our time is is coming to an end. No, thank here. you. I'd like to stay, please. Not forever. (laughs) Yep. Yep. We will continue our friendship until the bitter last days. But for now, I want to thank you so much for joining me on my little podcast. Um, It has been such a pleasure having you on here. And I just think you're so wonderful and keep continuing to do all the great work that you do. 
Oh, thank you for having me. I am so proud of you. You were out there killing it, my queen. And I literally think little 12-year-old Lisa Kay and Morgs would be oh. so stoked to see us doing this right now. Like, it's so special. I know. I love this, girl. Me too. I love you. Okay, love you.